0: Hi, welcome. So nice for you to join us tonight. I hope that you were able to listen to last week's show. I was on by myself, and I sort of put everything together, sort of a compilation of so many of the shows that we've had together. For those of you that come every week, I hope you do. and, you know, it's always my privilege to be here with you. So I think you've heard me talk a little bit about um, what life is, what death might be. And I think we all have a fascination. And those of, those of you that know uh, that I might have mentioned and you heard me speak of my guest tonight, I think mo- most of us have a fascination about what happens when we die and I think we have a fascination about that for a couple of reasons. Um, I get a lot of questions about that in my spiritual direction work, in my psychoanalytical work, but mainly in the spiritual direction piece. And I think it's because we don't deal with death very well in our country. I think most of us are very afraid of it. Um, and I don't think there's anything to be afraid of. And we're going to look at this tonight and what it might all mean. So we have a guest tonight that I'm very happy. He said yes to being on the show. He has a lot of experience. He's been on many, many shows, has so many podcasts I can't even count and has a great book, many books, but He wrote Convergence Healing, Healing Pain with Energetic Love. And his name is Peter Bedard. Wait, did I say it right? Bedard,
1: Bedard,
0: it's all right. (laughs) So ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce you to our guest tonight. Peter. Peter Bedard. Hi, Peter. Thanks for <laughs> saying that. Hi. I-,
1: I thought you were going to say Petey. You were calling me Petey earlier. I like Petey. Right. I was calling him
0: Petey. He looks like a Petey, doesn't he? That's good.
1: <laughs> so, um, Yeah.
0: So, um, first of all, can you talk a little bit about
1: what convergence means? Sure. So, Conver- the name Conver- Convergence... The name Convergence Healing came to me in my meditative practice. It was, I was looking at, I had been, you know, I had been doing my work as a alternative type of therapist that is very complementary to other types of therapy and other types of work. And I wanted something that gave me more of an identity. And what I was doing in my work was pulling in so many different practices. I am someone who believes we need to make the pie bigger. And when it comes to our healing work, we want to create our team, you know, that village that creates the wellness. So I'm not one of those practitioners that excludes or thinks they're the one-stop shop. I want my clients to be working with lots of different people. And part of my process is to talk to the part that's suffering and ask the part Kind of like that seventeen-year-old rebel, but that I know you were, Joanne, (laughs) Georgia. You were. I I have this vision of you as seventeen, being that girl that that was in the principal's office every week, right? (laughs) But, uh, But most of us don't engage with the part of us that's suffering. We beat it up. We make it wrong and bad, and we punish it. And we tell it to go away and we want to drug it and cut it out and all that type of stuff. And my practice is very different. It's why I work with a lot of chronic people or people with chronic conditions because they've had, they've taken that approach. They've tried the control approach. They've tried the drugging approach and it's not worked. So we then make friends with the part that's suffering and ask the part that's suffering like that 17 year old rebel that everybody's telling her what to do. The principal's wagging their finger at friends and family members, all that kind of stuff. Nobody bothers to pause and say, what do you want to do in order to heal this situation? I think we all,
0: I'm sorry, Peter. I think think we all sort of grow up with the feeling inside that there's something wrong with us. We're not doing it right. We should be doing it this way, that way. And there's something wrong with the way we're doing things
1: and with us. Right. Right. So that practice that calling it convergence was because a convergence is a coming together. And so the coming together of that healing of those multiple modalities of whatever it is, the kindness, the making friends with your pain, making friends with that past, that part, like you said, that we've been conditioned very much in our culture to believe that if there's something, quote, wrong, then there must be something wrong with us at the core of who we are. It's not just that there's something going on and you know there's a difficult time. It means that there's something wrong deep down inside of us. And so then we punish ourselves and do all that type of stuff. And that behavior is a very abusive behavior. I often talk to my clients and I'll say, so if you treated the part of you that's suffering and you the way you treat that part, you're abusive to it, you're mean to it, you're nasty to it. If you did that to another human being, you'd have a restraining order against you. Right. And Absolutely the sweetest right. people. Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> right. That's right. Beautiful. You know what I find I out, think. George Andrew, you're going to think this is funny because I find out that the people that are the sweetest, kindest, even a little timid people are the biggest abusers of themselves. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, that's very interesting, Peter, because as an analyst, what mm-hmm. I notice and I help people look at, and I think you'll love this as well, because I think you, you work with it. Is that when we have rage and we feel hateful because we cannot allow ourselves to embrace these parts and work it through, we don't we don't allow ourselves, although many do, to project it out and put it on people. When we're not doing that, but it's there, we turn it in on ourselves, and that. Yes. And that's that is taken on uh, in, in analysis. We look at it from this perspective. That's taken on very, very early. That is pre talking, that is intrauterine to age three or four when that is taken on because we have no cognition. So that's beautiful. I love what you're saying. And, you know, it's interesting because doing my radio show and having, you know, really brilliant people on, like yourself and listening, that everyone is really doing such expansive work. The message is always the same. The way we're approaching it might be different, but there's only, there's there's many ways, but there's one truth, I find. I absolutely agree. It's fantastic. So, I don't want to keep our listeners holding this any longer. So I know that you've done a lot of healing work on yourself because you were in a tremendous amount of pain for incredible reasons. And
1: can you tell the audience why? Sure, sure. So part of my practice is to actually teach from my own experience. I look at myself as not the exception, but the rule. And I look at myself that if I can heal myself, then other people can heal. And so I created this process called convergence healing because I started to heal myself with the process. And I'm like, wow, this is working. It's working for me. It may not work for everybody, but if it's working for me, then there's a chance it could work for a lot of other people. And I had to heal myself of all kinds of things that the doctors told me I could never heal. So when I was just before my 18th birthday, just a short time before my 18th birthday, I was riding a moto Bicade, and I was coming home from, uh, I used to, I was, I was doing a vaudeville show actually. And it was a very exciting time for me because my grandfather would perform every now and then in the vaudeville when he was young. Right. So many, many years ago. So to have that kind of It felt like I was coming out and doing something as a performance, getting paid to do this type of work. And I was in alignment with my history, my family. And I it was a show, but I was only 17 and my parents were very mistrusting of other people. And because they didn't trust other people, they wanted me to come home after the show. They wouldn't let me, even though it was a few weeks away from my 18th birthday, they wanted me to come home. And so I did. I came home, but I was angry. I was pissed off. I Wow. I was so angry. I was being the good boy and obeying my parents, but I, I was just I felt so horrible that they didn't trust me is what I what I felt to just go and be with older people at a party and have a good time and be responsible. Well, I was driving home, and as I was driving home, there's a big curve in the road, and there was a semi-truck parked at the exit of that curve, so that last little part of the S. You were on, Somebody, like, a moped, Peter? Yeah, I was on a, like a, like a, moped? a moto became. Yeah, it's a moped. It was, like, an early version of a moped. It was very skinny. It's almost like a cross between a motorized bike and a motorcycle, something okay. in between and I was in that curve and a car came up behind me. There were no other cars on the road for anywhere. I hadn't seen a car for quite some time. And that car pushed my back tire and pushed me and my bike into the semi-truck that was parked on the side of the road. I didn't have time to zoom out of the way. I didn't have time to go anywhere. I could have tried to jump the sidewalk, but I wasn't very good at those types of jumping over a curb. And then there was a chain link fence just a few feet away uh, from that curb. So I ended up having to, I I laid my bike down and I went underneath the semi-truck, but I hit the wheel racks. So I hit the wheel racks under the semi-truck and bounced out. The beautiful thing is that I watched it all happen. So right before the impact, I jumped out of my body and I watched my body hit the car, hit the truck and the bike bounce out into the street. I had an experience where I died. I went to the other side. I write about that in my book. It's part of the process that I, I went through and being on the other side was one of the most amazing experiences. I've been saying this for years and I truly, truly mean it. What was don't, it like getting there? In well, other words, I you know it went, to, it, it happened fast. Hope you don't mind me asking, but what was it like getting there? So, it was the most amazing, wonderful thing ever. You know, being out of my body and watching that all happen, there was no pain for me. I didn't feel any pain at all. What I felt more of was curiosity. There was this kind of, oh, isn't that interesting? My body is destroyed. My legs are twisted in really weird directions. I'm looking at that. That car drove away and wow, what a beautiful night. It was October and it was late at night and it was very bright out. I don't, I never bothered to remember if it was a full moon or not, but it was really bright out. And I just, it was one of those Indian summer kind of experiences. And I just kind of remember, yeah, oh, there's my body and it's pretty destroyed. But wow, the moon, the the light, the it's just gorgeous. It's It's such a beautiful night. And then I went through this experience of getting to the other side. And the other side was... The mo- I can't I can't say this that more, I, I don't know how to describe it even better, but death was the best thing that ever happened to me. And I really, really do mean that. Having the experience of feeling absolute bliss, the joy, the bliss, the happiness, the expansiveness, the connection, the oneness. The, I, I don't know what words, they're all inadequate to describe. Oh, I'm, oh, oh, I'm so
0: excited. We want to hear more about this. We're going to take a brief break. And when we come back, we're going to hear more of this and go much more depthful into it. This is very exciting, Peter. So we'll be right back. I'm Dr. George Andown. This is a journey through into awareness. And our guest tonight, Peter Baydard. We'll be right back.
2: You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc, now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? you're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.
0: Welcome back to a journey through, and I'm Dr. George andow and we're here tonight with Peter Bedard. So before. My music is still playing. <laughs> Hi, welcome yeah. back. I'm Dr. George Andale. And this is a journey through into awareness. And we're here tonight with Peter Bedard. So we were, we were talking about your dying and moving to the other side
1: before we took a break. Tell us more. So, I jokingly say that death is the best thing that ever happened to me because I just think it's so important that people realize that, at least from my experience, I'm only speaking through my filters. From my experience, death is actually something to look forward to. And that doesn't mean that you, you know, it's time to all kill ourselves. <laughs> Not at all. Right. But it means that. As you go through life, part of what my experience now is life hurts. Life is, there's a lot of pain in life, right? Every, you know, you heal one thing and there's something else to do. It's part of yeah. this world that we live in, right? And so running away pain doesn't work, right? It just doesn't work, you know, or telling yourself, I'm never going to be in pain again. I'm going to heal this thing and I'm done. That nah, doesn't work that way. So there are times though when pain gets so much, and it becomes unmanageable at times, and in those moments, that's where I take solace in knowing that, you know, in eventually, if it if it happens, I'm just going to die and be over in this place of bliss, and that's okay, right? That's so-, so beautiful. I have an imagination that if you,
0: if we do take our own life, hmm. let me let me let me let me rephrase this. I have an imagination that how we live here is how we die that how we journey is how we journey in the hereafter. That's, that's my, that's my, my imagination. And you know, from the Talmud, that none of us see things as, as they are. We only see things
1: as we are. (laughs) As we are. Yeah. That's the (laughs) perception. There you go. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, so my death experience was amazing. So, It was strange and I actually told God something that wasn't very nice. (laughs) But on the other side, it was just me. And it was interesting because I always thought that, you know, people are always saying things like it's meant to be or there are no accidents and stuff like that. And I take exception to that now because of my death experience. It doesn't mean that the overall concept of the world is flowing of life is flowing in a orderly direction, but there's little, there's these little us in in all of that energy of the consciousness of the divine. Right. And yes, the overall, by the overall direction of humanity, I think is going towards goodness. And there are things like my life. I had an accident and on the other side, I was told I had an accident and I wasn't supposed to be there. Yeah.
0: And you know why I think it was an accident? Why? Because you were very angry when you were driving. Absolutely. It wasn't
1: like it was your time. You created it. Yes and no. So that's part of going back to that experience, right? Uh, Did I create it? Was it a possibility? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Could I have drawn that negative energy into me? Could somebody have been... Upset with me because of who I am as a young out gay man in during in the 80s, during the AIDS crisis. Absolutely. There's all kinds of things that that could have happened. Right. So, uh, I, you know, I don't know. Maybe it was an experience that I need to have and to get myself here. And there could have been lots of ways to do it over time. I just chose that one on some level. Right. I don't know. But being it's on the other mystery. side, it's all a pardon? mystery. It is all a mystery, but then yeah, there are some things that that do make sense, at least in my mind. When I was on the other side, no one was there to greet me. And I always thought that when you die, your, your dog's going to be there, your great-grandmother, you know, whomever is your spirit guides are going to be there. Well, there was just vast emptiness and it was amazing and beautiful. And I loved it, but I was curious. There was no sadness or upset, but I was curious as to where everybody was. And then this figure showed up. And I don't know who he was, but it was an energy, a person that showed up. And he told me I had to leave and it wasn't my time. And that is when the anger came back. When the anger came back, then I was no longer on the other side in heaven or wherever I was. Oh, isn't that interesting? Yeah, the moment the anger came back, because I felt like I was getting kicked out of heaven. And I remember saying this. I, rem- I, said, I, I said, F you. <laughs> uh, I actually told, I told God, the divine, whoever it was that was talking to me, I told them to F off. <laughs> And in that moment, no I wonder they it. sent you back. Well, that was after they decided. I no, it's easy. It's easy. <laughs> but, <yeah. laughs> but, you know, hey, who knows? So and I came back and I didn't go back into my body. I knew that my body was just, was was not in a good shape. I had shattered my left knee into little tiny bits. The ligaments and, and the muscles were holding on to bone fragments And I split this wrist open. I lost all the nerves in this hand. I had undiagnosed brain damage. I cracked five vertebrae. I had all kinds of things after that that happened where I had anxiety and depression and I had fibromyalgia, I had to learn how to walk again, and chronic, chronic amounts of pain. Every day I felt like I had the flu. My body was just aching constantly. I wasn't sleeping, it was incredible fatigue. My white blood cells were attacking my red blood cells. My hemoglobin was splitting and shutting down my organs. I was dehydrating often, like at least once or twice a year, I would go into these huge dehydration with no warning, no nothing, going about my life like normal and suddenly I was dehydrated and I'd have to go to the emergency room and and, in the hospital and be pumped full of fluids. There was all this stuff that was just happening over and over and over Yeah. And so I had to heal myself because the doctors were amazing at putting my bones back together. But after that, all that other stuff, they had no idea what to do with me. I didn't have a form of cancer, but my white blood cells were were attacking my red blood cells. Why but it wasn't cancer they said t- there wasn't cancer. Why was that happening? Why was my hemoglobin splitting and shutting down my organs? Why was I dehydrating? Why was I fatigued so much? why I mean I know why I was depressed and anxious <laughs> yeah, <I> guess, yeah. <laughs> right so the doctors just kept giving me more of what they knew how to do. They kept offering me more surgeries and they kept offering me more pharmaceuticals. Well, I didn't want more surgeries. Because the surgery they did was the top surgery at the time. There was no other, uh, no other surgery above that. (laughs) And the pharmaceuticals were like the surgeries where this might help. We don't know if it's going to, but it might. I wasn't interested in in taking all these drugs with the side effects and all that kind of stuff for something that might be able to help me. And so I just, I was in. Chronic, chronic pain for years. I was disconnecting from my body. I had disconnected from my emotions in order to survive. And so this process that I started to do on myself that I feel was divinely guided. Information would come in. Somebody would say something or I would hear something or something would come into my meditations or whatever. And I would just do stuff. And I stumbled from one holistic practice into the other. And I eventually healed myself. I try, if somebody said, hey, I have this this guy that does this really weird, kooky thing, I want you to go try it. I be like, okay, <laughs> right? Because I didn't have any other options. And so I even created a little show where I started recording all these people that were these holistic practitioners about what they did and put it on YouTube, right? So I was using myself as a guinea pig. And in the 90s, they started, in line 90s, 2000s, they started creating what they called the holistic, or the... um the, the drug cocktail, right? the pharmaceutical cocktail for cancer, for HIV, for that type of stuff, right? Mixing different drugs. And I thought, well, what if I actually started mixing my holistic practices?
0: What if I started
1: understanding? People talk about body, mind, and spirit, but does anybody really know how to apply it or what it really means? And so I didn't. And I was kind of like, well, I started to see my wounds as there was an obvious physical wound. But there was a mental wound. My mind was in panic. It was in fear. It was in constant worry. Am I going to be able to go to work tomorrow? Because tonight I can't can't even get off the couch because my legs hurt so much. Am I going to be able to go to work? What's going to happen? Am I going to be able to pay my rent? You know, I, I couldn't get anything. And then the other thing was my heart was broken. You know, I had a trajectory in my life where I thought I was going to be a professional dancer. And that was taken away from me. Who am I? Where do I go? Uh, so I started to apply this healing body, mind, and spirit, and that became part of the Convergence Healing Process.
0: Wow, that's beautiful, really beautiful. It's funny, Peter, you know, because uh, everyone that comes before me is just like a, a different part of me. It's really interesting. I find this all the time. And um, I, I went on and I got um, – I have a master's degree in nutrition – I have a naturopathic uh, degree in uh, holistic medicine and the psycho-spiritual piece. And way before my time, you know, like you're saying, putting all of this together, um, mind, body, spirit, you know, in a clinic that I started in 1982, I'm an old girl, I'm much older than you. And um, out of me having scoliosis, I lived with a deformity for 14 years. Mm-hmm. And I had my whole spine reconstructed. So it's very interesting because, you know, here we are, you know. And um we'll we'll have to stay in touch for sure. And uh maybe you'll come back on again, but maybe we can border a session together. I'd I love, to love that work with you. I'd love Absolutely. that. Yeah. I'd love to share mine with you too. So we'll be right back. Um, we're gonna take a quick break with Peter Pedard journey through into awareness. We'll be right back. Thanks for joining us tonight.
2: You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Hey, everybody. It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic
0: back to a journey through into awareness tonight our show is with Peter Bedard and just in case you don't know I'm Dr. George Andale. I'm having so much fun tonight. (laughs) So so, um, Peter, so I know that you've said that Behind every anxiety is a trauma. I don't disagree with you. Not that I need to agree or disagree, but, (laughs) but you, you, you say, if I could uh, quote you that it's like a ghost waiting to find its way back home.
1: Can you tell me more about that? I love that expression. So I use a lot of metaphor in my practice. I tell stories and people seem to really resonate with that. So people are having, uh, people come to me oftentimes, they're doctor referred, they're having, they're getting their anxiety treated in other ways. And then the doctor's like, I don't know what to do with you basically. So then they send them, isn't that always the way? Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, And so I'm sitting down with people and I will talk about these anxieties and I'll say, there's experiences that are shoved down. They're layered and layered and layered, and then they're just shoved down. And we don't deal with it mentally. We don't deal with it spiritually in our hearts, right? We ignore it. We don't know how it's too scary. We shove them down. And because of all that pressure being shoved down and layered over the years, they sneak out sideways. And so I say these experiences, they're not happening in this moment. I, I like talking to you, Georgia, and I'm like, there's no trauma happening right now, right? We're having fun. This is great, right? You know, you're adorable, right? This is cool. And yet there's this stuff that's still in the background potentially. And so that stuff in the background is what I call ghosts. And they can come to this present moment at any time. We cool. can something can trigger it and boom, there it is right in front of us, right? so those are the ghosts i say this ghost isn't from this moment in time it's not happening right now but it thinks it's still alive and so we need to teach the ghost to find its way back in history so that means that instead of running away from the ghost instead of wanting to drug it or do that type of thing we actually need to talk to the ghost we need to actually figure out what it wants what it needs what can we do? And, you know, ghost hunters and all those kind of ghost things are so popular right now that people kind of go, oh, okay, yeah. They've seen some show where they talk to the ghost or something like that, right? And so we start talking to this part of us that, is, that has gone through this trauma, that is this ghost experience. And we start saying, what do you need, ghost, in order to heal? And that's when we bring those questions of body, mind, spirit. What do you need physically that I can help you with that's going to allow you to heal, express it, your emotion, that trapped feeling, whatever it is? What do you need mentally? What do you need to say that maybe you never allowed yourself to say? What do you need spiritually? And again, that's part of that convergence because I'm not the one-stop shop and that person, that ghost. That might need to go to a nutritionist. It might need to go to a, a more of a psychotherapist, an analyst. Like it might need to go to a dream interpreter. It might need to go to a, a physical trainer because that person doesn't know how to move in a way that is beneficial to them, right? So we talk to these ghosts, ask them what they need. We ask them based on these three questions. What do you need physically, mentally, and spiritually? And we start to create that recipe or that holistic cocktail for that person's healing. But these ghosts are amazing and they have so much to tell us. They have so much wisdom. They've survived very difficult experiences. And so when we actually, I, I call it befriending the disease, right? Or loving your pain. My For a while there, I had this strong, long string of working with cancer clients and my cancer clients taught me that they needed to love their tumors, right? The tumor was a part of them that is suffering, just like someone's anxiety, just like someone's physical pain, whatever it is, it's a part of them that's suffering. Instead of bullying it, like we talked about in the beginning, instead of pushing it away or drugging it, what would it be like to pause and give it love? What would it be like to shower that part of us that's suffering, that anxiety, that trauma, that ghost, that that little girl that may have been abused at five years old, or that boy that was abused at 10 years old, right? What would it be like to go to that part and say, I'm so sorry. Nobody talked to you about this. Nobody explained what was going on. Let's have a conversation and what can I do to help? And I am going to shower you in love and when we understand what love is i do some a lot of medical imagery hypnosis type of work too and when we enlist the brain in understanding a concept like love well we feel love but do we really understand it from a brain point of view not from an awareness point of view but the brain the brain's tools are color and temperature and texture and sound and smell and taste right all the different parts of the brain right When we can say, well, what is the color of love to you? And I'm just going to pick, I like gold. It's going to be like this golden sparkling ball of light, right? So what if you shared that golden sparkling ball of light that moves and vibrates and has energy and it hums or there's a sound or something to it. There's maybe a warmth or a temperature to it of some sort. What if we poured that love into that part That is the ghost, or that part that's suffering. And you could try it right now, right? Think about what is. Think about the texture and the temperature of love as you know it in your brain, not in anybody else's. What's the temperature and the texture? And now put that temperature and texture into that part of you that was hurting. And notice what happens. That's neurolinguistic programming. And I take it even bigger into more of the imagery and hypnosis type of work. But when we start beating these parts of us up and we start bringing them love, well, I don't know about you, but when I feel loved, I can do things I never thought I could do. Sure, that's right.
0: Beautiful. Well, we are love. We come from love. We're created in love, right? We come from the creator. Yeah, we are that. So when we're not in that, we feel disconnected, disconnected from ourselves. Not that we are, but we can feel that way. You know, it's interesting, uh, Petey, because, you know, in analysis, we talk about this, this disconnect, this ghost, that we look at it, that it is the pre-talking part of ourself that out of no one's fault we're not blaming any uh, anyone that how we were made to feel about ourselves pre-talking before we had words before we could understand even if someone would come and say to us you know i really didn't mean it or what happened to us how we were made to feel in those moments we won't because we didn't have words then we're not going to have words now so the only way we can meet them in the now is through the feeling. Exactly. So when we, when we engage together, myself and my patient with the feeling in the contemporary world, because the contemporary life will trigger that. Mm -hmm. That's where it comes from. It'll trigger it. It doesn't come from the now people like to say, Oh, do you know how you just made me feel? (laughs) The feeling was in here. (laughs) Right. Right. So When we're able to, exactly what you're saying, when we're able to connect with that, re-experience it, embrace it, get to know it, Mm -hmm. and love it into peace. It's amazing the change that can take place. It is awesome. Awesome.
1: I can tell we both love what we do. I absolutely love what I do. I and can tell, me it, too. It's been part of my gift, you know. Yes. And I I, I call it, um, I get the gold in the garbage, because I could look at my past, and I could look at all the garbage of my past, of being slammed in a semi-truck, the decades of pain, The wandering around not knowing my life purpose, not knowing what to do with myself, feeling despair and depression and those types of things, struggling to pay the bills, all that type of stuff, right? I can look at that stuff now and I can actually bless that causation moment, that moment of being slammed into the semi-truck. I can bless that moment and I'm no longer victim to it because I've forgiven it. And it no longer controls me. And I can talk about it in a way that I'm no longer connected to the experience. It's part of my story. It's the garbage. But from that garbage came this gold of being able to have conversations like this with people like you and being able to see the clients that I see, right? And to to write my book and to do that kind of stuff. None of that would have happened had it not been for that moment. Absolutely. So I would never change that.
0: Right. God uses everything. And had I not had my wound and you had not your wound, we wouldn't be doing what we do now. Because really, and I spoke about this last night on my show last week, that we're all here as servants. We're here to serve one another. Life is not about me. My life is not about me. Right. Peter's life isn't about Peter. It's about what Who we are, not as a definition, because who we are is love in Christ, in God. What, what we're able to do with the gifts we've been given to serve, to continue to build God's kingdom, because God continues to create what God created in the first place. And we are God's hands, heart, mind, eyes, all of it.
1: I like to say that God's the ocean. God is the ocean. It is the vastness. God is that perfect health. God is joy, love, abundance, prosperity. And we need to remember that we come from that ocean. We may be a drop. We may be a little tiny drop to the vastness of that ocean, right? But we are the same. We are of the same experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. and.
0: I, I like to say I don't know where I got this from I, I can't take credit for it but we God is everything in everything we are always in God us asking where God is is like a fish asking where the water is exactly and on that note we're going to be right back we're going to take a brief break we'll be right back with our guest Peter Bedard be right back
2: you're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate,
3: empower. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID 19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sovereign, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on TalkRadio.nyc. Howdy, I am Joseph
2: Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on TalkRadio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7 Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc.
3: Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're
2: listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day.
0: Welcome back with Peter Bedard tonight. A journey through into awareness. So, Peter, I have someone listening tonight and he had a near-death experience and he's been anxious for the show. He was in a car, he was a passenger. Right before the crash, he really got hurt. He almost lost his, anyway, Um, right before the crash, he heard, put your seatbelt on, put your seatbelt on, put your seatbelt on, and he didn't. I really believe that we have guides and that we're guided and that we're spoken to all the time through us, and I experienced that. Um, I didn't always, it has, God has spoken to me about it. I have, I recognize it now more than I've ever have. Um, Do you experience um, any of that for yourself or, you know, when you were on the, on the little moped and driving fast? Yeah, you're smiling. Can you talk about that? All right. Well, first I
1: wasn't driving fast. I was only driving 25 miles an hour. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, that's right.
1: Isn't that interesting? How I <laughs> correlate anger with
0: driving fast. Yeah, no, I wasn't driving Say, that fast. That was <laughs> my stuff. See everybody?
1: I was, I, I was a different type of anger. I was a different type of anger. I was the type of anger that I see a lot of my clients, which is why I can recognize it. I was the type of, now I'm much more verbal and expressive about my anger. But uh, in the past, I was... Just I was gripping onto that bike and I was driving and, and I was the type of kid that you never would have known was angry. I was the type of kid that when I was in high school who was suicidal and you never would have known that he was suicidal. There was always a smile on my face. Everything was always good. Everything was great. I was doing my thing. I was living the life. I was that type of person that the anger was inside and it was imploding inside, but you never would have seen it on the outside. <laughs> and a lot of my clients are that way. It's, I love that you have that comment about your uh, client being a bit of a reflection of you, right? Because these clients come and I'm like, gosh, you're so angry. And they're like, what do you mean? <laughs> and I'm like, I, I know. Cause I've been there. I, I see that. <laughs> right. So About the guides, I absolutely believe that we are surrounded by goodness. Absolutely. Uh, And we are in this physical world where people have free will to do things. And I don't particularly believe in evil. I don't believe in the devil or in evil and those type of things. I think people distance themselves from the divine. And as they distance themselves from the divine, then they do things that we may call evil, bad or wrong or that type of thing, but that there isn't, you know, that. Now I have seen energies that are dark energies. I've seen them. I've experienced them. They've been right in front of me. Someone might call it a devil or a demon. I've seen those types of things, but I don't look at them in that way. They are energies that have removed themselves or just have been so hurt or wounded that they forgot their divinity. That's how I look at them. Uh, so as far as us having energies or spirits or guides, or absolutely. I Even before I was willing to understand or look at that part of me, people used to tell me that I have these huge angels, one on either side. Like right here, like these massive tall angels that would be with me. And then I would have this like cherubic angel and these three were always around me and always with me. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> all right. And then all of a sudden I used to organize these fundraisers, not be, be with psychics raising money for animal rescue. And people would get a 15-minute reading and donate, and the money will all go to the animal rescue. And the psychics would donate their time. And I love psychics. I have lots of friends who are psychics, but I've never really gone to them. It's not something, they're just my friends. who happen to do that. So I'm like, hey, friends, come together, right? And then every now and then, one of them would come up to me, our new person would come into the group because we needed a replacement or something like that. And they'd be like, you know, you have these big, giant angels, right? I'm like, yeah, I know I have these big, giant angels, right? and at one point I commissioned an art show and I had all these different artists working during the gift show and nobody needs to know what that is, but during the gift show and this one guy at the end, he was painting the whole time. It was a seven day show. He was painting the whole time and he actually gave me the painting that he was painting. And it was of this golden sphere, this golden ball of light. And one of the angels had its hand out and it was holding the ball. The one that was on either side, and there was this little cherub in the corner. Oh, how funny. I'm like, okay, I hear you. <laughs> I, I acknowledge right. your presence. <laughs> right. And I think we have animal guides too. I think we have different uh, I, I absolutely believe that my dog, who is kind of like, you know, Harry Potter had his owl, right? Well, my dog, my first dog, was really my Harry Potter hour, my familiar, as Wiccans would call it, right? That 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 connection was so much there with me and this wonderful animal. And I still, I tell you, he's been he's passed four or five years ago, and I still see him. I see him out of the corner of my eye. I feel his presence. You love my very dog much. My dog that I have now will do something, and I'll be like. where did you get that behavior (laughs) Right, you know and i really truly believe that my great grandmother my mother's mother who didn't speak a lick of english who died a couple months before i was even born she has always been someone that i just feel this connection to we know very little about her my mom couldn't talk to her as a child she died when my mom was a child Right? Or not when my mom was uh, in her twenties. So this woman that no one had much of a connection to my mo- my grandmother's mother, right? I feel her so much. I say her name. Her name's genowifa I feel her name, and I'm like, wow. What I nationality? She's uh, she's Polish. I'm I'm French with a little German Polish mixed in there. So, yeah, isn't that great? You were close with her. Yeah. Well, I wasn't close yeah. with her. My great grandmother, I now. never met. Yeah, her. but I feel her. It's like I don't know how or why, but her energy. I just, I just know her. Right there's just this experience with her that is really important to me, and I feel like she guides me. And I feel like when I don't know what to do, I lean into these. I just lay back and I, I just welcome them and allow them and acknowledge them, and they don't like speak to me in the moment. <laughs> you know, right. not like one of them shows. Yes. Them. I wish they did. I have friends that have that experience. <laughs> they sit on the edge of my bed, on the edge of their bed, and they're like, "Hey, well, I don't get that. I wish I did, but I feel their presence." And that presence is always comforting to me. And in that comforting, I feel like, oh, wait, I know the choice to make now. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the time goes so fast
0: on these shows, it's amazing. Um, but I always like to end in prayer. So we have a couple of minutes left. But um, I just want to mention that I know that you work with teas. Mm-hmm. So you work with herbalists, you're an herbologist. I do. Yes. I was
1: just showing you one of them. Yes, I love that. Happy tea. I am happy tea. I love that.
0: <laughs> That's so great, Peter. And um, it's great. And if so if someone wanted to connect with you, it's on the back of the book
1: here. Well, Convergence Healing, I believe. Gosh, I don't even remember. I haven't looked at it in a while. But my brand is Convergence Healing. And they can find me on... Facebook through Convergence Healing. They can find me Instagram through Convergence okay. Healing. Great. They can find me ConvergenceHealing.com. Okay. Great. YouTube. Yeah. Great. And, um, you know, next week we have,
0: uh, uh, I'll see you next week, and we have another great show um, next week. And, Peter, I can't say thank you enough for saying yes. You're a treasure. It was really wonderful to be with you here. So, Jan, you're super cool. I love you. I love it, too. You're great. So, let us end in prayer. Would that be okay with you? Please. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Loving God, you fill all things with the fullness and hope that we can never comprehend. Thank you for leading us into a time where more of reality is being unveiled for us all to see. We pray that you will take away our natural temptation to cynicism, denial, fear, and despair. Help us to have the courage to awaken to greater truth, greater humility, and greater care for one another. May we place our hope in what matters and what lasts, trusting in your eternal presence and love, knowing, good God, that you hear us better than we are speaking we offer all of these prayers and more, in all of the holy names of God. Amen. Amen. Peter, thank you, everyone, for joining us tonight. Thank you. I love you, and we ask abundant blessings for you. Good night. Uh, we'll see you soon. Good night. Night.
2: Listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting twenty-four hours a day. Hey, everybody! It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on TalkRadio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on TalkRadio.nyc. Hi, I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the mind behind leadership here on TalkRadio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military, and politics, all around what makes a great leader. The personal experiences of what's worked and, maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So, that's 7 o'clock. Every Thursday evening, the mind behind leadership here be on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders. Hi, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Wise Content, makes wealth.